1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for the start of another week and another episode that is brought to you by friends at Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On and you'll get $10 off your first order. And we do have another special guest here today. He's a good friend of mine, but I guess more relevant to today's podcast, he is the Director of Content with the Milwaukee Bucks. Nick Monroe, thanks for taking some time to jump on with me.
0: Kane, it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for a long time.
1: Well, I I, I say that you're the director of content, but you've had (laughs) a long stint with the Milwaukee Bucks. You you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe that you were the third edition in a big summer of 2005 for the Bucks with Andrew Bogut, Ersan Uysova, and yourself. Is Is that correct?
0: That is correct. Yes, I did start start in a, got my career started in ticket sales with the Bucks in the summer of uh, 2005, and it's, it's been quite the journey since then. Yes,
1: yeah, so I, I guess we could start there. You, I, I did see that, and I did some LinkedIn research. That's how I, that's how I really was able to track down the good info about your career. But but run us through what, what jobs have you had with the Bucks since that uh, 2005 summer?
0: Okay, well, I started in t- in ticket sales. I was an internet marketing major coming out of Wisconsin Whitewater, so. Um, at that time, internet marketing was a lot of like Google SEO and, uh, words and ad search and stuff like that, um, but I wanted to, to work with, with my favorite NBA team. I was a season ticket holder. I had like a 10-pack when I was in college, would come up for the weekend games and that sort of thing, uh, so I started with the Bucks in 2005 selling tickets. Um, we added in a two years later, there was a lot of big trend in the NBA to go to a, a service uh, department. So we added a so sales and service department. Um, and I started to take the lead on that and, uh, oversaw like the courtside club and our courtside seating and, and our clients down there. And then as I, we started to do that in 08, um, social media really started taking off in terms of like business case uses and, and that sort of thing. So we started sort of dabbling in doing some of that on the side as I was still doing sales and service. Um, so I kind of had a, a dual-headed role for a, a very long time with the team, um, was promoted a few times w- within that, and then started in about the summer of 2012 doing a lot more digital stuff um, w- with our digital team. And from there, it is it came out, came out to being this thing that it is now with, with the director of content and doing a lot, lot more than just uh, stuff on, on the internet. Um, but it, it started there and um, started with, you know, going to practices and like getting sound clips and doing those sorts of things and, and just doing, doing the tweets.
1: Yeah. So Twitter was interesting. Cause I, I wasn't actually sure. I looked it up this morning. So Buck's Twitter, I guess, was created in 2008, which also, if I, again, if my LinkedIn sleuthing tells an accurate tale, you also picked up the role of social media manager i have to imagine i was trying to think back to 2008 social media as you sort of pointed to was just starting to take off so what was the the thought process behind that between you jumping on i'm guessing facebook at the time was still was a pretty big thing but but when Mm -hmm. do you remember that the the fan engagement and the link between that and actually being able to make money really came into effect with, with the nba and social media.
0: Well, yeah, we we started actually Facebook in 07, and that's how I really started doing doing the social stuff yeah. there. And then um, we actually created our YouTube in two thousand eight as well, and then uh, Twitter in the the fall of 08. and that that's really where it started to grow. And we started to, to, to dabble there, but we really were using it to do ticket messaging. You know, we were trying mm-hmm. to push a lot of a lot of local messaging uh, there. It wasn't r- really a ton of. Um, Highlights. There were no videos on these platforms at the the time in terms of like we weren't putting highlight packages out or anything that you see nowadays. So a lot of it was really ticket focused um, and us trying to get information out to fans and using it as a way we can communicate uh, with our with our local. Uh, with our local fan base. We did tweet ups. We did all those sorts of things that you would do in in the earlier days of social media. We do like social media nights and that sort of stuff. So we used it to try to help us grow the business, especially at those times when the team wasn't performing on the court as well. It was a great way for us to keep in in contact with our fans and and be able to connect with them on a a one-to-one basis. Uh, But we really saw it take off. I would say probably 2012, 2013 is really when we started to see uh, more of the business side. Uh, of social really starting to take off and that happened as instagram really started to explode and and, and do bigger things and add video to their platform um, as well
1: so the last couple of years i guess as i've I've got to know you um, pretty much every time i see you you're running around with a camera in your hand so <laughs> when did that become a passion for yours was this something that you always enjoyed with photography and this side of things or did this just develop as as the role progressed
0: you know, I always, I always had a passion for the production side, but was, was never really doing much of it uh, in terms of like editing videos and photos and, and that, that sort of thing. And I am, to be perfectly honest with you, Kane, I'm a very amateur photographer and videographer, um, to be, to be, to be comparing me against some of the other, uh, great folks we have that we work with across the league. Um, but you know, as, as we started to, to build out content and, and decide what we, what, or see what people wanted to see in their feeds, we felt like we needed to be able to take, you know, better quality photos, better quality video. And slowly as we started to amass, uh, equipment and, and that sort of stuff, um, myself and, and Matt Stan, uh, who is our former director of platforms, um, who is now with, with the Timberwolves. And he, he and I just started messing with, with, around taking photos at, practices and games and that sort of thing and tried to sort of self-taught ourselves. And we were the first like two guys that would travel along with the team on our longer road trips. We would go to, you know, on the four game West coast trips and that sort of stuff to sort of document it and make sure we could share that content back with our fans. And we did some, some really fun video features with our equipment managers and, and such like that back, back in the, those, those times. And we were just really lucky that we had a great coaching uh, coaching staff and general manager with John Hammond and now obviously with John horse that allowed us the the access uh, to be able to, to sort of hone our craft and be able to give folks all those behind the scenes looks um, at an earlier time in social media where it may not have been as prevalent where you would see cameras and that sort of stuff traveling with the team.
1: Well, speaking of traveling with the team, Nick, uh, when you are on the road and you're on airplanes and you're flying from city to city, you probably at times lack a little bit of energy. And that's where our friends at Built Bar could come in to help you guys. Uh, Remember, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built bars are great for the health conscious guy, just like yourself, Nick. Hashtag NBA running trails. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And of course, you guys know we've got a special deal for you. If you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. So how has your team grown? I, I guess at the start it was you. And, and I remember now there was a game last year. I was trying to remember what game it was, but I'm not 100% sure. But it was during the 2018-19 season. Uh, I, I guess it was one of those games, which is sometimes the case, where there's not as many media members there. And sure. some of your team was I, – I was sitting next to them. And I remember it was pretty fun to sit next to them and see them work through <laughs> Uh, uploading stuff coming up with captions you would come in and out of the room and they'd be asking you like what do you think about this caption should we run with this and so it was kind of fun for me to see you guys working together but uh what is the size uh, and maybe it's changed now so i guess prior to to everything that that that's happened i guess with coronavirus what what kind of team were you running with
0: you know on on a game night we have uh, about six folks working and seven if you include myself uh working to do content on a on a game night um in terms of our overall, as Bucks as a whole, we have you know four full time video, uh, two part time video, and then on the content side, uh, we have a content coordinator and then four part time uh, content folks as well. So we have a, a pretty decent sized operation uh, that allows us to pump out all that content. But yeah, on, on a game night, um, we you would saw the, the content production team. We would have four folks. Um, and they're each dedicated to a platform, um, working in the, in the press row there. And then we would have, uh, myself and two videographers, um, down by the floor. And if I wasn't shooting photos, I'd be helping to edit the photos. Uh, and the, the videographer would be shooting and then be heading off to a logger there too. That would be running footage back, cutting clips. And we'd just be, um, trying to get that out to a worldwide audience.
1: So it's become. Oh, oh, I've certainly seen it. It's like it's the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, digital team uh, talent factory. Uh, you've had a couple <laughs> of people move on, and uh, I do have to mention a uh, friend also, Carson, who people may not know Carson, but you will remember her probably if I tell you that uh, she was the girl that nearly got her head taken off by <laughs> a Pat Connaughton wild pitch uh, last year with the with the Brewers. But how is that for you now? Then I, I mean, I guess you in, you enjoy. It, it's almost become that not only are you creating content and coming up with with new stuff for the bucks, but you've also become i guess a bit of a mentor and a, and a boss for the um the the young groups coming through do you enjoy that side of things
0: yeah it's it's that's actually been one of the things i love dealing with or working with the most is being able to work with folks especially a lot of the interns and that, and that sort of thing who are just part-timers who want to break into sports media and being able to let them i always give my team a very long leash in terms of being able to to do do things creatively and that sort of thing, and just come back with an idea. And hey, like let's vet it out and let's see why we think it could work. Well, it's not going to work. And if it's going to work, like let's let's try it. If we don't think it's going to work, hey, let's try it anyway and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, we'll we'll talk about it and we'll figure out why why it didn't work. So we we I love being able to work with the kids. I love with the younger sorry not the kids but the, young, <laughs> the younger folks. Sorry. I love being able to work with the younger folks uh, who are passionate about trying to do great things in social and digital, and then being able to to expand that to our our video team, which is Doubled in size since last year at the playoffs, um, so it's been, it's been great to be able to, to work with those guys, and they've done tremendous things in helping us grow our content, grow our brand, um, and are an invaluable part of of every everything we do uh, in terms of branding the Bucks and and getting our message out.
1: It's part of getting old, Nick. I actually I actually described, hey, it it I it actually described someone as a, as a kid a few weeks ago, and I was like, okay, let's what's wrong with me? I I must be getting older. I I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I I wanted to ask you. I know we keep in touch and, and every time I, I, I sort of speak to you, you're, you're flat out, you're busy. And I, I feel like every other guest I've had over the last couple of months as everything's in the sporting world has shut down, uh, it's always like, well, what are you doing with your free time? You haven't exactly had that much free time. What's the last couple of months been like uh, for, for a director of content during this?
0: No, absolutely not. I have not had, I've, you know, I've been trying to read some books and spend some, spend some time when, when I have, and today was a beautiful day here in Milwaukee, so I was able to sit down on my front porch and, and read for, you know, two hours here, so, which, was, which was great. Um, but we've been, we've, we've been very busy. We are one of the, the lifebloods of, of the business and one of the ways we can still communicate with our fans and, and engage with our fans. So we have a very aggressive content plan. Uh, in in terms of getting daily content out, um, stuff, we try to keep it as relevant as we can try to keep it as engaging as we can. And that started right when we went into the hiatus, um, we started creating sort of pivoting a little bit, um, some of our content. And what we did is we we came out with a a lot of youth content, uh, to, to engage a younger audience, to help, uh, parents, um who might be stuck at home trying to find out things they can do with, with their kids. And we wanted to be able to give them something with a buck slant that they could engage with, with their kids with. Um, so we came up with a lot of youth content, which is content that we didn't necessarily have a lot of time to produce during the season. Now we had some, some time to produce that. So we produce a ton of uh, youth content and we're still doing uh, content here weekly for, with the youth focus. And then we were able to look to work with the video team and come up with our season rewind platform, which is what's been going on, uh, the last, uh, 20 games, so 20 days. So every game, every day is a new game. Um, and it's kind of a look back at the season and we, you know, we timed it, uh, to go into like the middle of July, which is, which seems to be a great time for something like that to go. And then, um. We're looking back at some of the, the key moments. Uh, we just did a Cream City jersey debut was was, was today, um, which is great to look back at all you know, the photos and the videos from those games. So kind of to, to remind folks that, yes, we might be in a hiatus, but we've had an incredible season. And we're trying to celebrate a lot of those moments uh, with our fans and with our players, too. And it's been the one of the best parts, I think, about this whole platform is what we've been able to do is one to engage the fans, but two also obviously to engage our players. And we want to make sure that they're staying engaged and they've been sharing a lot of our content. And we think that's, that's a very important part of, of, you know, the the Milwaukee bucks is, you know, making sure our our players are engaged and involved uh, with the content.
1: Yeah, I saw, uh, and I, I probably should have had if I, was a, if I was a good host, I probably would have had the numbers up here, but I, I saw a, a tweet or a, I guess a, a research study that was talking about sports and social media over the last few weeks and the bucks were still right up there in terms of engagement, but also the amount of posts and the content you're getting out there. How have you found that since this has dropped off? Because I, I know certainly for this podcast, at times it's been the challenge to keep people on board.
0: Yeah. You know, it's been tough. We've done some things that we didn't necessarily do before in terms of some of the, the engagement stuff Like we found, we had more time where we could use, um, you know, we had Wednesday, we did a wallpaper Wednesday. We did a bunch of custom wallpapers, which in the, in the middle of the Eastern conference finals, we wouldn't necessarily have had the time (laughs) or the bandwidth to do that. Right. Like we wouldn't have had the time to do that at this time. So like we we try to find the moments of the stuff that we've had, we've had that we've always wanted to do and and find out ways to roll that out. Um, and to be engaging. And like a lot of our Instagram stories are because of students, we've been able to plan out, we know the outcomes of these games, you know, we know the storylines going in. So it gives us a lot more, uh, of a lot longer of a leash to be able to do some of that content. So we've been able to, to really get some engaging stuff in the Instagram stories um, and do some things that you wouldn't necessarily see from us normally.
1: All right. After this break, Nick, I want to ask you about your daily routine when it comes to an NBA basketball game and how you go about your work. But now I want to tell you about part of my daily routine and one of the most useful apps on my phone. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more when you don't have time. You can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers' lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price right now for a limited time blinkist has a special offer just for our audience go to blinkist.com slash nba try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription that's blinkist spelled b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t blinkist.com slash nba to start your free seven-day trial you also save 25% off but only when you sign up at blinkist.com slash nba So this is going to be this might be a little bit difficult for you to answer and it, and it might <laughs> if you really went through it detail by detail it might just take you too long to run through but on a typical game day what does a day look like for you I know I would typically see you in the morning at shoot around then I right. see you running around like a madman before <laughs> during and, and after the game so how, how does that day normally look like for you
0: for sure. Well, it depends. If we're on the road, you know, uh, me and, and Dan Smichek, our, our vice president of, of public relations, our, our vice president of communications are going out for our morning run. We're getting our NBA running trails in, yeah, yeah. uh, b- <laughs> before, 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 shoot around. Um, then we're going to, sh- we're going to shoot around normally at the same time, shoot around starts. We also have a production call with Fox, Fox sports, Wisconsin, uh, to talk, to talk through the game. Um, a lot, I I'm on that. I jump on that call. A lot of the time, sometimes I'm busy shooting some content. Um, if we're on the road, um, and then Zora and I are normally meeting up to go over the storylines that we want. We want to talk who we want to talk to, who we want to interview after shoot around breaks. Shoot around normally lasts, you know, about 45 minutes or so. So after that, we're we're running down. We're, we're capturing that content, and then we're we're getting it out. Either I'm sending it back to Milwaukee sometimes for them to flip and edit, uh, or if we we're in Milwaukee, one of our video team members is there and they're they're capturing that content and they're taking it back to, to the office to go uh, cut it around package it, package it up, uh, for some of the storylines for, for, the night. And then we're, we're sort of, uh, logging stuff that we think that, okay, this could be a key sound bite that we could use a little bit later. So we're going through that, that whole process after shoot around, then, you know, I'm jumping into normally at early afternoon worth of meetings, um, before we head to the arena and we're going to the arena, probably about three o'clock normally on a normal seven o'clock game, getting there, getting set up, getting ready to shoot player walk-ins, uh, meeting with the team right when we get there. We have a – the reason why you haven't seen us as much in press row is we have a office uh, conference room that we commandeer now on game nights in the bowels of the Pfizer Forum uh, where the team sets up in there um, and we have uh, a full content creative studio essentially set up around a 65 inch flat screen tv which broadcasts the game so a lot of us aren't even seeing the game from the arena side we're mm-hmm. watching the game there but we found it to be really productive in terms of people being able to communicate better opposed to sitting in like a straight line like you would on press row so it's, it's a really cool environment where our guys can can throw out ideas and, and talk through captions and content that we're putting out um then you know we're shooting pregame game warm-ups we're shooting uh we're getting ready to to shoot, you know, the WWE uh, pregame <laughs> before the team take <laughs> before the team takes takes the court, and try to capture as many of those little moments as it could be. You know, if if Bledsoe is bringing his son out on the court pregame you know we would love we love being able to capture some of those sorts of things if there are formal former teammates um like you know if Tony Snell and those guys are coming back with the Pistons you know we're we're, we're definitely keeping an eye out for that so we really tried to, to have as much of it planned out as we could in terms of the storylines that that could happen and, and come up pregame and then just have people in the positions to be able to capture the content and then turn it around and, and get it out to uh to the masses be our social platforms. The games themselves are, are are very simple and straight and straightforward. You know, we have either a, a videographer, or a photographer shooting on the floor, and maybe one potentially roaming around uh, to capture uh, the, the highlights and, and the sights uh, and sounds of Pfizer Forum. And then, uh, when we get ready for, for game, you know, hopefully it's, it's been a Bucks win as there haven't been many of the losses this past mm-hmm. season. So we, we started doing, uh, if it's a home game, you know, we started doing these new things with Pat, uh, the walk-off interviews with Pat, where he grabs a phone, mm-hmm. uh, talks to the camera. It's been a great way to show off Pat's personality, but also to get the other guys involved with it, um. You know, ideal when we started that, that platform off. You know, we wanted to get a lot of the guys involved, but this, a lot of guys weren't necessarily that into doing the selfie thing. It's I, which I totally understand. You know, not everybody wants to do that and talk to the camera in front of you know a few thousand people as they're leaving <laughs> the court. So Pat was super comfortable with it, loved doing it, and was a great way for him to get other guys involved with it. The other guys all love it too because they know, okay, this is Pat thing, Pat's thing now, but we'll get we'll get into it. We'll pop in, you know, Kyle Korver was into it. Giannis has been into it. So it's a great way to sort of show some of the camaraderie and show some of the stuff we see behind the scenes all the time. Uh, But we wanted to be able to translate that uh, in a, in a cool video format. And then that leads to our post game, which is, which is another one of the favorite things that's very uniquely bucks is our victory walk. So, you know, after we win a home game, um, and the media is allowed in and you I know you're, you're, waiting behind the, the, the doors. I'm, you know, normally one door over in the, in the bowels of Pfizer form. Right. And is your heading into the locker room? I'm sitting there w- waiting with a, with a videographer, uh, to talk to our guys about the game. And, you know, we're, we're doing, we're, we're shooting, uh, the, the guys in terms of shooting them with, with photos and, and getting their, their takes on the storylines or, or the, or what had happened in, in the game uh you know chris had 51 points or, hey guys well let's get a quick soundbite on chris's 51 point game uh if ursan's doing ursan things he's hiding from the camera and that sort of thing <laughs> it's you know we're doing we're, get, we're keep trying to capture as much of that and if a couple of guys are coming out together they might pose like it's a 90s album cover or something like that you know but it's been a, a really fun way we, we, can, we can another way we can show off uh our, our team's personalities and we think those guys are so unique and i think not only do we have the best team on the court i think we have the best team off the court in the league and being able to to help give people a window into that sort of stuff has, has been, has been really good. You know, George Hill is always coming out with food because the guys are grabbing their post-game meal. And sometimes he might be, you know, eating a piece of chicken or is he drinking, <laughs> uh, is he drinking, drinking his, um, Pedialyte as he's coming, as he's coming out, you know, being able to, to do those little things and all those little things that our people then, um, are able to, to latch onto and see, uh, has, has been really fun. And then we're, then I'm going back after that's done. We're going back watching those locker room interviews that a member of our team has shot, Um uh, publishing those out on you know on bucks.com on social media and that sort of thing and then we're we're some of normally the, the last people to leave probably with along with you guys and the beat writers um you know we're leaving that arena probably around 11 o'clock eleven thirty 30 on a, on a seven o'clock game so it's a it's a long day it's a late day um uh, but there's a, there's so much energy involved with it you know you really have, sometimes have to even stop yourself and remember to grab a bite to eat or something like that because you can just keep going non-stop uh with so much stuff going on
1: yeah so you mentioned two players there that Uh, I'm interested in asking you about. The first one is Pat Cotterton, and and I think about Pat because I've noticed when I, as you sort of pointed to, we might walk past you uh, when you're getting ready to do the victory walk photos or whatever it may be. And I'll hear Pat, for instance, I'm only using him as an example because I remember this, and he'll be like, hey, Nick, have you sent me that photo yet from the game? Have you got the dunk? Have you got the putback? And it it made me curious to think how that kind of uh, social media A brand, I guess, for the players has changed, and how you've seen that evolve over the years. And players are now maybe uh, more likely to request stuff from you and request photos straight after the game or before the game or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of guys um, are looking for those photos um, right after a game, or sometimes we're sending them at halftime. Not to our, not to our players, but like we're sending them back to Milwaukee. (laughs) uh, And we actually have a system where our team curates links for all of our guys, but sometimes. Uh, going on Dropbox and and you know them downloading those photos can they might have lost the link they might not have saved it that sort of they might not have bookmarked it so a lot of guys just p- still prefer us just to text them t- to them uh, or and that sort of thing so Pat is one of those guys who just w- just wants to text because he just wants to write uh, you know in, in his conversations there um, so yeah we will text them those guys a lot of the, you know the Victory Walk photos that that you might see them post What we've noticed actually too is a, you know a lot of guys and we were talking about how we want our our players to share our content is that you know, players and a lot of people are more apt to share a photo of themselves sometimes than they are to post their own. Okay. So that's one of the things we sort of take into consideration as we're as we're posting and with our content strategy is being able to give multiple out, outlets where we can we can post content. So we have Bucks and Six as our fashion, our culture, sneaker uh, kind of place on Instagram, and and at, we started a Twitter um, with that here in the last year as well. So. We're, we have that platform. We have our, our standard bucks platform as well. And we want to be able to give a good mix uh, for our guys. We have our community platform that really focuses on our guys in the community um, as well as, as our, our, you know, Pfizer forum and all of our other platforms and channels that we have, but utilizing th- those three is really how we help to to give our guys um, one, one content that they can share and two content that that if they hate oh, yeah, I didn't see that photo Can you send that one to me Yeah, No problem. Absolutely We'll send it to you without the watermark on it and all that sort of stuff, too So make sure our guys can, can have those photos for their archives uh, As well because you know, they're not they're not out there taking photos or with their cell phones, you know after games or something like that, so
1: so the other player was Ursan and uh, just over the last Two years, if I'm a practicer in the locker room and, and not always you know, having serious conversations, you might be shooting the shit a little bit with the guys. And the one person that they always mention is the funniest player on the team is Ersin And I think uh, you guys did such a good job this year of... Uh, sort of showing that and so also yeah. credit to ursan for, for coming out and 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 doing that in front of the camera but you can tell that he is a funny guy what is his personality and how did this all this Ursan content start to come together because we did see a <laughs> lot more of that this season and it's been very very enjoyable
0: oh thank you thank you I'm, I'm glad you've been enjoying it we've been enjoying it too he's been one of my erson has been one of my favorite guys since when we drafted him in, in, in 05 he was always a super nice he was a lot you know, very quiet at that time. But since this is his, now his third stint with the team, uh, him and I built a good relationship, um, but I've got to know his personality and kind of what he likes to, how he likes to, to, to conduct himself and that sort of thing. And I think that sort of helped us on the content side and get him to be comfortable with it. But it also has been helped along a lot by actually by Pat and, you know, the other guys on the team being able to bring that out of him and, and, I think Bud brings it out of him too. You know, him and Bud uh, have a good relationship too. And um, it's something he's just been, he's at at peace with and he's, he's cool with, with, with showing his personality off, and it's been really great. Like a lot of times, he might have, you know, a few years back, he probably would have been like, "Yeah, turn the camera off. I'm not doing that." <laughs> uh, but like then we turn the camera off, and he'd be funny, right? So like, so that was the thing. It's like that was like one of those things. He's like, "Okay, right, well, well, we'll get it eventually," where he'll he'll want it to do it, and, and that sort of stuff. And some stuff he still likes to joke around about. Like I remember, unfortunately, when we had our 18 game win streak, at the end of the 18, the win 18, he's walking off. He's like, "Okay, I will make my statement after the 19 <laughs> th game because I was like because you know he was talking about the win streaks and you know he was part of that sixers team that had a had a great great streak as well um, so he didn't want to talk talk about it early so like okay that's that's fine we totally understand that respect that uh but then unfortunately obviously we lost that 19th game against that (laughs) in that in that that dallas game so we never got to get his speech on it uh or his his real real take on it but uh we just did a a 10-minute compilation piece on his first birthday if you haven't seen it it's on the buck's youtube page this is is one time i'll get a plug in your podcast um (laughs) so if you haven't seen it go check it out because it's it's literally 10 minutes of ursan talking to our, the cameras and you get to see how, how personable he really is and how comfortable he is now uh, in his cameras. And sometimes it takes guys some years to do that. And some guys, you know, are going to be I- into it right away. Obviously, Giannis, when we got him as a rookie, he was into it right away. Uh, like the – you know, obviously liked the cameras and that sort of stuff and was uh, – able to, to talk to the camera. Um, and you know, you had the, some of the, those great Giannis moments, but like with Ursan, sometimes it just, it just takes a little bit longer and, and guys for it to get them to come out. And I think Pat has helped us a lot in doing that when we got him in, in, um, London, in, not sorry, not London in Paris to do the, uh, Pat and Ursan show, yeah. you know, we've, <laughs> when they're talking about steaks and his Ersan's thoughts on steakhouses is incredible. And I would encourage anybody to go, to go and take it. And he has a very, very valid takes on, on steaks and, and order his thought process and, and ordering. Um, so it's, it's been great. I, I, I love Ursan. Uh, I hope we can, we can shoot another episode or two with him and Pat uh, at some point here.
1: So I, have, I did have one issue with that video. And I, I meant to, <laughs> after I saw it, I meant to ask him or talk to him about this the whole time. And I, I just never did. I always forgot. But he was talking about seafood in that video. And I, I think he said that uh, I think Minnesota was one state that he mentioned. And I can't remember where else that he said he wouldn't eat seafood. And I've always, as someone, as an outsider, I've always come in and I, I wanted to ask him how can you live in Wisconsin and then trash Minnesota seafood? I wanted to get his thoughts on Wisconsin seafood, but I never got around to it. So that's something uh, I'm going to have to do in the future. But Or, or maybe you, you, you'll be able to challenge him on that one. Uh, I had two bits of content that I've really enjoyed over the last uh, couple of seasons. And uh, the good thing for us or the fun thing for us is we'll generally see you maybe before a game and you won't give anything away, but you might be like, uh, you keep, keep your eye on social tonight. There's going to be some good stuff. And one, one that I remember vividly was the Celtics video. I think everyone remembers that after game five last year. And the other one is just the general um, ripping of the '76ers, which I'm always going to be here for. Any any content that uh, that makes fun of the Sixers, I'm I'm well and truly here for. Uh, What kind of planning went into the Celtics one in general? I mean, was this uh, in your in your memory bank straight after Paul Pierce was talking after Game One, or or how did that develop?
0: Yeah, throughout the playoffs last year, we had we had sort of developed a Slack channel where like we would put some media commentary in it, and um, so we immediately developed. We started getting these clips. You know, the Stephen A. Smith clips were in there. Um, right. Nick Friedell, um and he, you know, he, from the ESPN, got, got a clip in there from the jump when he was talking about the series and that and that sort of stuff. Like, okay, let's let's just log some of these and, and just and just take note of it. And then when the Paul Pierce thing happened after Game One and he called the series over, I'm like, all right, well, we're definitely gonna have to have to have to make light of this one. And that was the, it. Was a short video. It Was about a 25 second video, but. Um, you know, internally we had it all ready to go beforehand. Obviously, we had produced the video, I believe, a day before, uh, finalized it a day or so before, because they ran it in the closing seconds of the game. Um, <laughs> that, like, the, the buzzer sounds and the video plays like immediately. So that video was one that we had we had ready to go. Uh, and a lot of the stuff we do, you know, we we're, we're not we don't necessarily ha- have the ability to plan that far in advance for it. But like as that series was going along, we felt very obviously very confident in, in it, and. um being able to, to get a little bit of a payback on Boston after they, they had eliminated us uh, in prior years, you know, it, it was a great, a great fun video and it, it obviously played, uh, played very well. So we had that, we had a few other um, tweets ready to go for that. When that's, when that series was over and we uh, had a lot of stuff that, a lot of stuff from the Eastern conference finals that we'll never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right. yeah, right. I mean, we
1: don't want to, we don't want to talk about that. No, we're trust- not going to go. We're
0: not, we're not going to go there.
1: Uh, so a couple more to finish up here. Uh, I know you've mentioned some of the current players. Who, who's another player over the the course of you uh, being in this role and being in the locker room and having this type of access that uh, maybe we could say really enjoyed his time in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have to I have to say Andrew Bogut was one of my favorites because <laughs> he would he would he would always give um, give some quotable material, yeah. um, and and I, enj- I enjoyed my time working w- working with Andrew. Um, you know kyle corber uh, on this on this current team is, yeah. has, has been um an, an incredible quote um greg monroe was all, was always very good uh too too in terms of giving giving some good quotes jared dudley as you sort of see him becoming a, a you know a media <laughs> star even though he was only with our team for one year you could, you could see where his career was headed he was always saying the right things always, always would give you a, a great quote um as well and and so we, you know those are guys I wish we wish we had more time uh, with those guys in terms of of being able to help build more content around them but uh, and that was a little too early and I mean when we had Jared we were in that was our, you know our first year uh with Jason. And uh, I remember going, you know, going with the team to London and that sort of thing. And, and we had a great, a great team that we were able to follow them around. But we weren't able to, to focus just on Jared as much. Uh, but We focused a lot of stuff around, around our, our young, our young core, which obviously is, are the, are the players that we still have here and was able to uh, fund for us to, to be able to watch our, our core grow into two all-stars. And um, I think that, think that's that that speaks volumes for i think what, what we've built here and the guys that we've brought in to sort of help show those guys the ropes on on the media side has been great cuz chris and giannis obviously are uh you know when you get giannis out there giving a a, a press conference you're always going to get uh some very truthful content and it and it's going to be good too
1: so you just uh made me want to throw in another question here what what trip was better paris or london
0: <laughs> um they they I'd say they both were equally great. <laughs> I, I would say the Paris trip was, was slightly better um, just because we got, when we were in London, we uh, we interacted with a few of like the soccer guys after the game and that's that sort of stuff. But when we were in Paris, we actually got, Neymar and Mbappe to come in back to into the Bucks locker room and had a really cool experience for our guys to be able to meet them and talk to them and share some stories with them. And and that was, that was really cool. Like being able to help, help be part of those moments with those guys. I, they really enjoyed that. They, you know, our, our guys, just, you know, you know, play with those guys on FIFA and they, you know, them it's vice versa. So like seeing the mutual respect and admiration that everybody had for each other in those in that room, like that was, that was an unforgettable experience. And that, that's what it made the game in both cities was great. Love London, be- beautiful city, love Paris. It, it's obviously a great city as well. Uh, but that part of, of it was just uh, the cherry on top to make it a really great uh, experience.
1: All right, absolute stock question to finish it off. Best game, and and I know that uh, this is a tough question to ask you because, as you sort of pointed to, particularly over the last few years, I mean, sometimes you don't get to watch the game as closely as, as other people right. do. You have a favorite game, and maybe it doesn't even have to be from when you're working for the Bucks. I know you're a season ticket holder, as you already already mentioned to a favorite game.
0: Well, my all-around favorite game would have to then at was probably like the 2001 playoffs. I was in like the last row of like section, like 414 of the Bradley center in the upper level. um, Just screaming my head off as we, as we beat Charlotte in in game seven. And then, you know, in game six to force game seven uh, in Philadelphia was lucky enough to be able to get, to get, you know, a single ticket with me and my friend each had like single tickets, but they were close enough to each other uh, where we were able to go together and that sort of stuff. So I think that was an incredible experience, but being a part of the team and being able to experience some of the wins with them like that game six the last which turned out to be the last game in Bradley Center history was just it was an electric environment from the start and like that was when we played against Boston in that series that was a very that was that was a very good series back and forth home team won every game and that sort of thing and you know that was one where you know Bill Clinton was there Jimmy Goldstein was there it was it was a great a great crowd. Um, and, you know, it just showed how how much fun we had in that building. I thought it was a great way for us to send that building off, send the building off with a win uh, and to be a part of that game. I think that, that was pr- one of my favorite games of all time, uh, being able to be there for that. And then even last year, um, you know, beating Detroit on the road, to have our first series win since 2001 was cool. But to me, it was even better to do it in in Milwaukee and do it in front of our fans at Pfizer forum. And the thing too, that uh, people may forget is that Chris Middleton wasn't able to part of, be part of the locker room celebration. (laughs) And it's not like people don't go crazy or anything like that. I mean, we put out the video. It's not like people are going nuts in the locker room, but it's just, it's a very cool experience for those guys. Um, that they, you know, that, to see what they they had accomplished and to be able to vanquish Boston uh, like that was was, was great. Uh, to get sort of get them back for the the previous year at the Bradley Center, uh, that being part of that win, I thought was was really cool as well.
1: Well, this has been a lot of fun for me. And before I wrap it up, though, I, I do have to give you uh public acknowledgement for the australian flag in the media room i, I don't know whether it, 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 i don't know it's I, I only assume that it's still up there just because of how much hard work it would be to get down so anyone that follows me on twitter probably saw me complaining about the fact the australian flag went down in the practice facility after uh, not only dully was traded but then thon was the final nail in the coffin for the australian flag it went down and uh on my return this year in the media room there was a, uh, a little mini Australian flag who, by the way, I, I think Nick said he had to buy a pack of 40 or something. So I don't know what he's done with all the rest of the Australian flags, but a lot I would have had to have been involved. A lot of work went into this and uh, I really appreciate it.
0: I believe it is still there. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're, welcome for, you're welcome for that. That was one of my, I went in uh, late night, one night, the night before I knew you guys would be coming in <laughs> to, put the, to put those up. Um, and that was, that I was got a great reaction. It was, it was, it was fun. You know, Hey, you know, it's being able to do the, those little things like that. Like, I love that. It's, 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 it's a little thing, but like, you know, it just goes to show it's like, you know, you're not gonna get that in, in LA, right? You know, that's, this is Milwaukee. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. We try to make everybody feel at home and it's, uh, it was, fun. it was it was it was it was fun, and now I'm thinking about it I'm like, yeah, that thing is probably definitely still hanging up in there, because uh, I don't think anybody's anybody was going to take it down because I have to, had to drag a ladder from the back to go hang it up up there, so it wasn't like it would be something that would easily come down. So I'm 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 sure it's there. It'll be waiting for your return, and hopefully it's it's not uh, not too long.
1: Everyone, I always think about that. Every time I think about that flag, I imagine someone walking into the media room and seeing you on top of a ladder, <laughs> <laughs> taping an Australian flag to the roof. It's, uh, it's a ridiculous thought. But hey, uh, like we mentioned, you have, have been a busy man. It's not like you've uh, been sitting around like I have. So I appreciate you on a Sunday night, uh, taking the time on a long weekend to, to spend some time with me.
0: Absolutely, Ken. It was great. Great to catch up. We hope to see you see you back. I uh, hope we get a basketball back that everybody can talk about and tweet about at some point here soon. And uh, looking forward to uh, to continuing the conversations with you.